You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. During his campaign for president, Republican Donald Trump promised to make life better for African-Americans and for all residents of cities. His pitch to black voters boiled down to, your life isn't so great, so what do you got to lose by voting for me? It's a message that many people found offensive for a host of reasons. Democrat Hillary Clinton also made her case in cities and with black voters, but had trouble escaping a history of having once referred to young black men as super predators. African-American voters still voted overwhelmingly for Clinton, but the conversation has now shifted to the whole idea of identity politics and whether candidates should be singling out certain groups to appeal to or sending a universal message that appeals to all. Of course, this is not a new debate in politics. For many, many years, we've seen both parties uh, sort of do a complicated calculus about how their messages are refined and who they send those messages to. Think of the Republican Party in the 1960s changing its message of uh, inclusion and pro-civil rights to an anti-civil rights uh, platform to pick up voters in the South. Think of the way that the Democratic Party has embraced uh, uh, unionism and civil rights in the way that it has changed over years. Uh, Identity politics are really at the center of those discussions and those transitions. And uh, today I want to talk with uh, someone who's spent a lot of time thinking about this. David Wall-Rice is department chair and associate professor of psychology at Morehouse College. He focuses on issues of identity with regard to young black males. He's going to give a talk at 6 p.m. tonight at the University of Michigan Detroit Center. The title of his presentation is The Politics of Personality, Self, City, and Meaning-Making with in the 2016 election. David Walrice, welcome to Detroit thank, Today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I, I find the the work you're doing absolutely fascinating uh, because, as I said, I think it really is at the center of a lot of other discussions we have in politics about party, about message, uh, about uh, the way that we communicate with each other and the way candidates communicate with us. This idea of uh, who we are and what that means in a political sense mm-hmm. is uh, sort of a bedrock of American political discussion. Absolutely. It certainly is. I mean, when you're talking about identity uh, and you're talking about democracy, you're really talking about how is it that your voice is going to count and of what consequence is it, right? And so when we're looking at um, you know folks who are representing us and we're talking about identity politics, how are these people going to manifest these ideas of how to build a better republic, it becomes important for us to understand the narratives of the the politician. But more importantly, is it important for the politician to understand the narratives of the of the individual, right? And so I think that it, it, we're in an interesting time here where there seems to be I like your your language this this complicated calculus where there seems to be in in uh, you know some confusion about who it is that you are representing and what it is that they want and and how is it that you're going to be able to effectively 
um, push for the, the 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 wants, dreams, and desires of of not just an isolated micro community, but but again the the body politics. So it becomes really really interesting. The way yeah, that. yeah. Uh, young black males, of course, are are. Uh, Number one, I think they are spoken to in really complicated and uh, interesting and often offensive ways. They are talked about in even more garish and offensive ways mm-hmm. uh, in politics. And we saw we saw a lot of that this yeah. time in the presidential election. And uh, frankly, it's been a while since I can think of uh, a candidate who who said the things that Donald Trump said. Uh, as publicly as he said them. Right. I think a lot of politicians think and uh, say those things in private, sure. but he came right out and just said, hey, listen, uh, you're not getting a good deal with what you've got going now. Yeah. I'll do better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was caught on what you said. I, you know, I, excuse me, my, my, my discipline is really informed by looking at discourse analysis yes, language. In, in language, right? <laughs> and so, I really am caught on what you said about talking to, yes. right, and and talking about, but so rarely is there a talk with, right, right, and so I think that is that, a great um, point. I think that you know Donald Trump and uh, it really is 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 symptomatic. I mean, you know that's that's the thing is that he represents um, so many people, obviously, right. This is why he's the president elect, um, and no, no matter how garish or how. Uh, bull in a china shop he might be. He really represents kind of these ignorant ideals of how it is that people are supposed to fit into the democracy. And, uh, you know, you, you you hear a lot of folks, you know, talk about, well, this is white supremacy's last breath. And, and you know, many the folks say, gasp, yeah, right? this is one hell of a gas, right, <laughs> that, that people say. And, and, and maybe so and maybe not, but it certainly gives us a different reality that we have to wrestle with. And hopefully, you know, this is what you hope is that it really encourages folks to talk with. Now, we've not necessarily seen that yet, yeah. right? And and so we, we, we've not seen where there's this discussion with the body politic, you know? And, and I think it becomes important also to look at, you know, we, we're looking at Republicans versus Democrats. Obviously, we see that those things can, can become indistinguishable from a distance in many instances. But who is really talking with those folks that heretofore we've defined as marginal, but that are really very much central and mainstream? Yeah. Uh, so to talk with you, I have to see you. Yeah. Right. And uh, I wrote a column after the election about people who voted for Donald Trump saying, eh, I'm not a racist. Mm-hmm. Maybe he said some things that are racist. Maybe some racists support him, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I'm voting for him because he's going to give me a tax cut or I'm voting for him because he's going to deal with uh, illegal immigration in a better way than than Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And in the column, I talked about how this was an act of not seeing. This was an act of sort of denying the existence of people who will be victims of some of the policies he embraced during the campaign, who will be victims of uh, some of the impulses that other voters who voted for Donald Trump want to see played out. This this idea of not seeing black people, not seeing other minorities goes back centuries in this in this country, of course. Sure. Uh, I, I feel like it's playing out right now in a more dramatic sense. And, th- and it prevents this conversation with 
black people that you were talking about. It does, it, it, and it can. You know, I, I, I am a researcher and a personality who really, I mean, in a, in a person who looks at personality psychology and really looks at assets. So I'm always an optimist. Now, I'm, I hope <laughs> I'm not a Pollyanna, but, but you know, I, I think that bringing these kind of um, under-the-cover uh, perspectives to the fore is is important. And and when we're talking about invisibility, we obviously know Ralph Ellison and yes. Invisible Man and, and this idea of objectifying black men and black boys. And the reason that I look at black men and black boys uh, in particular is that they provide kind of this salient example, right, because of their physicality of how it is that we also engage a, the, the marginalized, right? right? But I've been gravitating a lot toward, and excuse me again, right? I went to Morehouse College and, and teach there, and so you have to talk about Martin Luther King Jr. Sure. But his um, his book, uh, Chaos or Community, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community is going to hit 50 years next year, right? Oh, I guess that's right. Wow. And so uh, in 67, he was writing about um, how it was that, you know, the, 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 the white citizen was more attached to the segregationist than they might have wanted to have believed sure. than the emancipated, quote unquote, Negro of the time. And I think that we see that now and how it is that, you know, w w what we were just saying is, well, I'm not a racist, but I mean, I got to get this money, right. right? You know, I'm not a racist, <laughs> but I've got to be able to not necessarily see these folks in the way that I'm being forced to see them now. And so we see very much these identity politics play out in that interesting way. But the thing that King also talks about, and he does talk about, he says, you know, the, 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 the important thing is to realize that the future is now. And, you know, he obviously talks about bleach blowns and does in this eloquent prose, but he says that in, in, in too many instances, there are histories of civilizations that have inscribed upon tablets too late. Yeah. And so the idea is we've got to wrestle with the fierce urgency of now. It's happened before. It's not something that we're ill-equipped to deal with. It's just a matter of are we going to dig in and really confront the issues that are in front of yeah. us. Uh, I've said a couple times since the election that it seems as if we are headed back to a discourse uh, and interactions that look like those that took place during the 1960s yeah. when you saw this, you know, uh, concerted resistance to uh, to a power structure that was leaving a lot of people out, uh, if not outright oppressing them. When you saw uh, sort of uh, uh, politics take on a, a stronger sense of you know, enforcement and things like that mm -hmm. with regard to those that, that resistance. Um, if you see the things that, that are sort of happening in the streets after the election, if you hear some of the things that that uh, that Donald Trump has said about uh, what his administration will be like, if you look at some of the people he's yeah. putting around <laughs> you pull him. sessions in, you start getting yeah, a little concerned. Yeah, right? I mean, that is, that is absolutely a throwback mm -hmm. nomination to, to, to conversations that I think um, – or I'm assuming you and I are around the same age, uh, that that it seems like for most of our lives have seemed like settled questions. Yeah. Uh, not resolved, but settled. That we aren't really talking about, uh, you know, whether black people should be able to vote or not. Yeah. But, but here we are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that that's back on the table. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that um, I, I, I depart from that logic a little bit. Yeah. Where it, there's this, there's this want. I think there's this want for it to have been a settled question. But I think for many of us, I think many black folk um, are not surprised at the election of Donald Trump uh, or or the conversations. Like you said, you're disappointed. Right. Yeah. You're disappointed, but you're not shocked. Right. right? It's not like, oh, my gosh, this exists. Um, It's 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 out there. And so the thing that, uh, again, and I and I don't want to over intellectualize because I think we're having good conversation here. But I don't want to over intellectualize and suggest that this stuff does not hurt. Right. 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 And so when I'm teaching students and I'm 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 dealing with the day after the election and you see these kids walking around as if someone has killed their dog. Right. 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 Um, and, and are very, very worse than that. But very, very emotional about what's happened because it's this. um this this stacking of defining you as other other and yeah. as object right. so not only are there these extra judicial killings but now there are people who are garish and who are saying these you know out of the pocket things that these students are saying right that 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 my parents have told me about i've heard echoes of this before <laughs> and you know but but this is for real and so I think that I don't want to over-intellectualize. I don't want to suggest that, hey, you know, our, 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 our best days are ahead of us, though I think they are. But there's some hard work that we have to do here in confronting the reality of folks who are, um, you know, pitting me as of no consequence because they don't see me. Right. Right. And, right. and I always I mean, I'm very interested in narratives and hip hop narratives in particular because. They're narratives of black men, and those are narratives that are oftentimes discounted and pushed to the side because, again, invisible man, right? But Jay-Z says, and I'm co-opting some of the language here, he's like, I'm not looking you know, at you, I'm looking past you. And it's like, God, dog, can you, I mean, can you just see me? Right. You know, can you, can you, see, can you see me? Yeah. And so that really is what we're dealing with now when we have someone in position uh, who is really reacting. So when I'm talking about the politics of personality, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the conversation tonight and the dialogue, because it's, a, it's going to be me talking for 30 minutes, mm-hmm. let's say, hopefully mm-hmm. 15, and then we get to talk <laughs> about stuff in the panel, because um, what we're talking about is we're talking about a psychological response to the politics of white supremacy and racism right. and the adaptation that's associated there. And there's a, a cat named James Jones who's at the University of Delaware sure. who talks about the politics of personality. And what he often says, and I think becomes so important, is that those responses to racism are assumed to be maladaptive and unhealthy, but they don't have to be. And he talks about that. But we also have to look at how white folks are reacting. What are their politics of personality looking like when you have Donald Trump coming right after Barack Obama? Sure. Right. Sure. And so that really is a reaction. You can't can't see that as anything but a reaction. Absolutely. I mean, it it is an adaptation to having a black man with his black wife, these beautiful black kids. And damn it, they got two black dogs. (laughs) Right. So you have all these people in the uh, White House, in the White House. And he's no dummy. And he's there for eight years. And it's like, wait, we got to get 
America back to what America is supposed to be. Yeah. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is David Wall Rice, Department Chair and Associate Professor of Psychology at Morehouse College. His work focuses on issues of identity, particularly dealing with young black males. He's giving a talk at 6 p.m. tonight at the University of Michigan Detroit Center right here in Midtown. The title of his presentation is The Politics of Personality, self city and meaning making within the 2016 election. You want to join the conversation, uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can go to the Facebook page of WDET, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we'll try to work those comments into the conversation. Let's go to Bill in Rochester Hills. Bill, welcome to Detroit Good Today. Good morning, gentlemen. How hey, are you doing? Good. How are you? Well, good morning. I'm doing. I'm doing great. I, I first want to commend you on uh, on a program that is willing to go where we are going here. Sure. And um, and I I, I, I have a lot of respect for you, Stephen. For uh, I, I listen to you, and um, I may not agree with you on some of some of the politics, but I, I want to contribute to this conversation. So let me just. Well, I appreciate that, Bill. Yeah. So on a piece of paper, when I fill out an application, I fill out my application as Caucasian. However. I am an immigrant who came to America in 1975 as an 11-year-old from the Middle East. Wow. We didn't come here. We fled the Middle East to come to this most inclusive country on Earth. That's, so that sort of speaks to my politics. So my, my, I guess my, my, my appeal to you uh-huh. and, and folks that are listening to this is when we're talking about the Donald Trump thing and the racism and all this other stuff, I want to offer you this. If, you're, if we're going to go down that road, you're going to do this at, at our collective peril. And what I mean by that is we're not going to understand what really was going on here. People like me didn't vote for Donald Trump uh, because Donald Trump. What we are voting for, people, I'm a sort of, I, I, I fancy myself as a libertarian conservative. And what I mean by that is I am sick and tired of an ever bigger, omnipotent government that is involved in every last aspect of our lives and uh, an industrializing dependency to the extent that we have seen today. Right. And, so, and what I would submit to is, is two examples here. One is, I still remember when, when Detroit, uh, when there was, do you remember the mayoral election between Kwame Kilpatrick and Freeman Hendricks? Sure, sure. One of the things that was the knock on Freeman Hendricks, which was incredibly offensive, was that he wasn't black enough. Right. Well, that's, okay. I mean, that's a narrative you we deal with that, a lot. Right? Yeah. And, and then the other one, is the fact that when we're looking at, at race, I have friends who are of Nigerian heritage who don't share the same value as what I would consider the typical 97% Democrat vote that thinks that their lives are somehow uh, 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 held by some bureaucrat in Washington. And I think what, what is threatening uh, to that side, to your side of that spectrum, is that Donald Trump is going to shake things up. Frankly speaking, I don't think one one's president, one, I think this is a generational thing. I think the work is, where the work is at, in an in in epicenter like Detroit, I think it is incumbent on us as a community to come together, to serve one another, and to get finally, to finally pr- to provide uh, the, 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 um, the action behind those incredible words that Dr. King and others have spoken throughout time, um, 
and that is that we are, in fact, all one. Yeah. So, uh, Bill, <laughs> Bill, thank you very much uh, for that call. Uh, there's a lot <laughs> There's a lot going on in, in, in his question there, and I, I want to give you a chance to answer, but, but I really appreciate that Bill uh, is listening to the show, appreciates the show, and feels comfortable enough to call in and, and express... Uh, uh, opinions that maybe I don't uh, that I don't share, but I absolutely respect and appreciate uh, being added to the conversation. Uh, David Wall Rice, I'll give you a chance to to address what Bill was saying there. Sure, and let me echo that, Stephen. I think it's so important for us to begin to have and and continue these dialogues, right? Because conversation. A lot of folks will say, well, what are you going to get out of this conversation dialogue? <laughs> it really is behavior, right? Yes. And so these behaviors get to be bounced and, and stretched with one another. I, I, I respect the narrative that, that Bill offered to us, right? But the thing that he said was, and, and that, that, that really is, is prevalent, is when I fill out a piece of paper, I fill out that I'm Caucasian. Sure. And so I know that we're talking about, you know, that there's, there's complexity that's associated with that and that's attached to it. But when we're talking about these ideas of identity politics and how it is that you're going to define yourself, I don't have the option to do that as a black man, right? right? I mean, I guess I do, but yeah. I, and, and I be can be pretty obvious yeah, to people but, that you were lying. <laughs> and I think so. I think that that becomes that becomes something that's important for us to deal with. We can't be dismissive when we're talking about issues of race. Because that is so central to the fabric of America. Right. There's right? a reason that right. the choices you have are white and black. Absolutely. And not uh, Middle Eastern or whatever other uh, uh, ethnic background you, you, you might have. Absolutely. So I think that one of the things that becomes so important when we begin to, and I've, and I've just begun to, to do this myself in, in revisiting uh, Martin Luther King Jr., is that there, there's such a top layer that we we feel comfortable dealing with. Yeah. And so when we're saying, okay, well, we need to deal with King and we're all one, that is true. But there is clearly a distinction between whiteness and blackness. And we're using that as example, right? Yeah. We know that it's more complicated than that. Right. But we also have to figure and look at, it becomes white folks' responsibility to deal with their issue of racism. Toni Morrison, yeah. James Baldwin, and so many others have 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 told us that when you're looking at me as a, a derogative explanation of my identity, you're not defining me. You're defining yourself. Yes. So why is it that you need for me to play this role for you? Right. So right. you have to dive into that psychology, white folk, to figure, out, to figure out, well, we'll do it with you, yeah. right? <laughs> right? We'll work on it with you, but right. we're going to make sure that we hold you as accountable as we're going to hold ourselves yeah. as well. All right. Uh, David Walrice, I would love to, come to continue this conversation for several hours, but we are out of time. <laughs> David Walrice is department chair and associate professor of psychology at Morehouse College. Uh, his work focuses on issues of identity with young black males. He's giving a talk at 6 p.m. tonight at the University of Michigan Detroit Center. The title is The Politics of Personal personality, self, city, and meaning-making with the 2016 election. David Walrice, thank you very much thank for being you. here on Detroit Today. All right, up next, did you know that the term carjacking came from right here in Detroit? We'll talk about the origin of the word and the consequences that played out over several decades. That's next on Detroit Today. <laughs> 